0: So, okay, today we're kicking off a brand new series. We're going to do this series the entire month of January, and we're calling it Start Here, Go Anywhere. Start Here, Go Anywhere. It's the perfect series for a brand new year. And the idea of this whole series is based off of a fantastic book that a dear friend of mine, Richie Hughes, wrote a couple of years ago. The title of it, believe it or not, is Start Here, Go Anywhere. And uh, all, of, all of these books, or this book in particular, is available on sale today at both campuses. You can stop by The Next Steps on your way out. They'll help you to purchase one of these. If you'd like a copy of this book, an incredible book, a really good friend, again, Richie Hughes wrote the book. He'll be here on the last Sunday of this month sharing a little bit more about the book and his testimony. I highly encourage you, uh, any book you read in this year, read the Bible, and read Start Here, Go Anywhere. Come on. And so the idea behind this whole book and it's the driving thought of the entire series is this. How do we make good choices? How can we begin the process of making some really good choices? And then also, how can we recover from the bad ones? We've all made good choices, and we've all made bad choices. As a matter of fact, you're in a brand new year, and I'd say that just about every person that uh, has the ability to think about the future and to survey their life, you've made some kind of New Year's resolution. So you've said, all right, this year, 2021, I'm gonna lose some weight. Hello, come on. I did that in 2020. I said in 2020, I wanna lose 15 pounds and I'm happy to announce I gained four. Come on somebody. (laughs) So 2021's a new year, I'm gonna make a better choice. So we say, okay, I'm gonna lose some weight this year or I'm gonna quit a bad habit this year or I'm gonna spend some more time with my family. You know what a resolution is, right? A resolution is a choice. It's a choice. And so we're desiring to make good choices. If, if you're making any New Year's resolution in 2021, I challenge you. Or if you're looking for a word of the year, you know how a lot of families or people will do that, like, this is my word for the year. This is the theme of the year. What if you and I adopted, okay, in 2021, I'm going to make good choices. That's my heart. I want to make good choices. And through scripture, we'll learn how we can do just that and also how we can recover from the bad ones. Researchers at the University of North Carolina estimate that the average adult will make about 35,000 conscious decisions every single day. Come on, think about that. When I looked at that stat, I thought, I mean, that's impossible, but it really is possible that every single day you're making about 35,000 conscious decisions. Cornell University says that of the 35,000 decisions, 226 decisions are all about food come on somebody and you know that's true I mean how many of you you look at a menu and you eliminate 10 11 12 things before you get to your favorite thing or if you've ever gone into the food pantry or you've opened up the refrigerator you've made all of the choices about what you don't want until you land on what you do and here's the thing about choices this is a simple thought but it is profound our lives my life and your life they are all shaped by our choices So who we are, who we are is because of the choices that we've made. Where we are is because of the choices that we've made, Uh, the successes that we experience, or even some of the failures that we experience. All of that is because of the choices, and our lives become shaped by the choices that we make. And we got a lot of choices that we make every single day. Uh, Paul, the apostle Paul, talked about this idea in Romans chapter 7, verse number 15. I'm going to show it to you in just a moment, and I want to tell you, preface it with this. I I don't celebrate Paul's struggle, but I do appreciate his transparency. See, Paul, the apostle Paul, uh, had this radical, transformational, supernatural conversion experience on the road to Damascus. You can read about it in Acts chapter 9. Once this experience, this conversion experience happened, Paul became on fire for God and for the Lord. He, he became a, a church preacher and a church planter and, and two-thirds of the New Testament in your Bible are written by the Apostle Paul. And yet in the church of Romans, at Romans, he reminded them or told them rather, he says, look, there are days that I do not understand what I'm doing. Has anybody ever been there? Come on, let's be honest today. He says, for I don't do what I would like to do, but instead I What? choose to do what i hate ladies and gentlemen this is so many of us and this is me Uh, let me break it down in like uh terms that make sense to all of us myself included what i want to do is go to the gym but i always choose the little debbie can i get a witness come on them christmas tree cakes for the love of all things good you know so what i want to do is get up early go to the gym get my swole on but instead i do the thing that i hate doing while i'm eating the little Debbie, i'm like i know you shouldn't be doing this But I do it anyway, right? What what I want to do is save money or invest money so that one day I can have more money. But instead, what do we do? We take that stimulus money and we spend it on things that really have no value. What I want to do, and we say this in this year, what I want to do is I want to spend time with my family. I want to invest in my family more. But instead, we choose overtime. And we choose to allow work and the job to steal moments away from the family that we can never ever get again. Paul says, sometimes I don't understand what it is that I do. I mean, I I, I don't do what I like to do, but instead I choose to do the very thing that I hate. And choices are a very powerful reality, and the consequences of them are powerful as well. Let me ask you this question. This is a rhetorical question. However, I do look for a little response by show of hands. How many of you would say in this room in Germantown online, you've ever made a choice that you regret? Come on, let me see your hands. If you've ever made a choice that you regret, um, (laughs) there was one man in the back looked right at his wife. Sir, that's inappropriate. Um, I would say that we've all made choices that we regret in life. I mean, we're only a, a few days into the new year and some of us have already made choices in this year that we regret making. Now I'm gonna show you three choices that I've made in my life and I regret all three of these, all right? Are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. The first choice that i always regret is this right here mcdonald's come on hello um, i'm gonna talk a lot about food today because we're beginning this uh, prayer and fasting so i have never one time and i'm being honest with you i've never one time eaten at mcdonald's and when i got done with my supersized fries although them fries they are special i've never one time said now that that was a good idea come on like i've never thought that it's a different emotion when i eat chick-fil-a because that is anointed by god can i get a witness that's God's chicken, but McDonald's, they're not even friendly at McDonald's, and that ice cream machine is always broke Get a better maintenance crew. I've never one time eaten at McDonald's and been like, hey, JC, you are a smart man. Now, but Chick-fil-A, they make you feel good about your choices. One time I went through the Chick-fil-A line, I ordered a particular you know, meal and a drink, and the lady on the other end of the intercom, she goes, ooh, now that's a good choice. I said well thank you she said i can tell you are a smart man i said as a matter of fact i am thank you so much chick-fil-a just makes you feel a certain way but mcdonald's i have never ever not regretted eating mcdonald's i could also throw in taco bell right when i was eight years old i made one of the worst decisions of my life i went to a football game and on that day i became a detroit lions fan and for the last yeah somebody's like oh i felt that pain And for the last three decades, I have lived with the regret of that very choice. Year after year, I stay disappointed, and at some point in the football season, I lose my salvation and have to repent of my sins for the things that I've said about the Detroit Lions. How many of you have a team like that? You know exactly what I'm talking about, heartache and heartbreak, but you made the choice. You made the choice. I can't even believe I added this in this morning uh, when I was praying, and now I, I absolutely regret what I'm about to show you, but... It's just part of life, all right? Here is a stage of my life. This was my senior year in high school. This is me, by the way, so take it for what it is. Come on now. This is me, y'all. This is me. I, I got highlights in 1999 because the Backstreet Boys. Come on, somebody. I got highlights. I don't even know, is this, you could call it a mustache? A mustache? I tried to grow that. I regret that looking back. Come on. I don't just have one earring, I have Dual earrings, come on, two hoop earrings. At one point I wore, you know, little diamond earrings and the ice was so real that it would melt and drip on my shoulders. Come on, y'all don't know swag. Y'all don't know cool. Come on. So now, every time I open up my yearbook, which I don't do that often, I regret this stage (laughs) of my life i need you all to do me a really big favor today when you get home or later on this afternoon i'd love for you to post on your social media your high school picture and tag me so that i can feel better about this stage of my life amen uh, dr ike Rygaard says this i want you to write this down he says your choices today will equal your lifestyle tomorrow so you determine your choices and your choices determine your consequences you determine your choices, and your choices determine your consequences. Now, I gave you three somewhat silly, you know, examples of regretful choices that I've made. And that's just to kind of, you know, be a crowd breaker. But truth be told, I've made some choices that I deeply regret in my life. Some choices that I can never go back and redo, where there have been times where I begged God, can I get a redo or a rewind, or you know I love golf, can I get a mulligan here? And it just doesn't happen that way. And some of you, you've experienced the same type of power of the choices you've made and the power of the consequences that you're living with still today. some of you, you got married way too soon. And so that relationship and that family dynamic has been a challenge from the start. Some of you dropped out of school, maybe it was high school or college, and you live with the weight of that guilt or the power of that consequence. Some of you have cheated. You've either cheated on your spouse Or you cheated on your taxes. Come on. Some of you have said, okay, I'm going to quit this bad habit. But the choice was to start the bad habit to begin with. And now you live with the consequences of it. Some of you partnered with a wrong business partner. And they took you for everything that you had. You made a bad business deal or a bad investment. The list goes on and on. And I'm not trying to beat you down reminding you of the bad choices that you've made. I'm trying to encourage you, though, that there are power and choices and the choices that we make determine the consequences, and we are shaped by the choices. The the older I get, hopefully the more mature I become, the more I realize that I cannot blame who I am or where I am on everybody else. I am the only one that has the power to make the choice. Can I get an amen? I'm the one that has the power to choose. And if you've ever done this, I don't know if you've had. Comparison is a, a very dangerous trap, by the way. But if you've ever tried to compare your life to someone else's life, and you wonder, how did they end up there, and I ended up here, it's all because of choices that were made. And this goes back to the lessons from the Garden of Eden. Uh, You know that God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And on the sixth day, he made man, Adam, and from Adam's rib, he made woman, and thank God he did. Come on. And he made woman. And from there, he placed them in the garden. And watch what happens in Genesis chapter 2. You're going to see the power of choices and the power of consequences. The Lord put the man and the woman in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And watch what the Lord commanded of them. Verse 16 of Genesis chapter 2. He said, you are free. On the count of three, somebody shout free. One, two, three. Free. Free. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Now, The same God that gave Adam and Eve free will in the Garden of Eden is the same God that gives you free will today. You have free will. God did not create us to be robots, okay? He created, we're not machines. We're not not a vending machine, if you will. God created us with a personality and he wired us with gifts and talents and he gave us the opportunity to choose. And here's what he says in verse 17. He says, but, how many know that's a big but? That's a funny. That's funny. That's a dad joke. It's a big butt, But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So you can eat from any tree here. You've got the free will to do it. But let's stay away from this one tree for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now, what happens from Genesis 2, verses 15 through 17 to Genesis 3, verses 6 and 7 is the enemy creeps in. And this is what the enemy is really good at, manipulating the word of God. And I'll I'll dive into this a little bit deeper throughout the series. But the enemy comes in, and what does the enemy say to Adam and Eve? Did God really say? And that happens every week. Come on. It happens every day. You pick up your Bible. You begin to read. God gives you truth and revelation. You come to church. you You hear the incredible communicating of the gospel of Jesus. Come on. And then you leave here, and then the enemy says, did God really say? And that's what he says to Adam and Eve. He says, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from this tree? And watch what happens. Go to Genesis 3, verses 6 and 7. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree and that it was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And watch what happens in verse 7. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. This one choice. One choice. Not only brought disaster and their immediate household, but you and I are reaping the power of the consequences here in 2021. Sin entered. Romans 5 says this that when Adam sinned, once that took place, sin entered the world and Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone because everyone has sinned. That one decision, you know, not long after they ate from that tree that they were commanded not to eat from, one of their sons murdered their other son, and now again, here we are thousands of years later, reaping the consequences of a poor choice. And I wonder today, how many choices have we made that have not just impacted our immediate now, but future generations. You got 35,000 choices that you make every single day. Let's no longer, especially kicking off this new year, let's no longer continue to make those choices frivolously, but let's make those choices with intentionality saying, okay, I'm going to make good choices and I'm going to learn how to recover from the bad ones. Let me show you this. I hope you're taking notes. Uh, the power of the process of making a choice or the process of making a choice. So I, I want to break this down for just a moment. It's a lot of teaching today, but I think that you'll find this really helpful, especially as you're faced with the opportunity to make choices. So here's what happens. So what happens is, is you have a belief about a situation. So let, let's say some, something happens, and immediately you begin to think about it. So you begin to think about the situation. You begin to think about the circumstance. Now, how you think about that situation, whether it's a positive thought or a negative thought, will then create an emotional reaction. So you think positively or you think negatively about a particular situation and then an emotional reaction happens and you begin to feel. Now, how you feel is going to be healthy or how you feel is going to be unhealthy based off of how you thought positively or negatively about the situation or the choice that's in front of you. Does that make sense? So what happens is this is the process of making a choice, and it happens in everything you do. You think, you feel, and then the choice is made based off of your belief and off of the emotional reaction. So you think, you feel, and then you act. You don't act and then think and feel. You think you feel, and you act. Let me show it to you in a, in a diagram that may make a little more sense. Thoughts, feelings, actions. Thoughts, feelings, actions. On three, everybody online both came to say this with me. One, two, three. Thoughts, feelings, actions. Do it again. One, two, three. Thoughts, feelings, actions. All right, watch this. So thoughts cause feelings, and feelings provoke the action. So how you think about that situation, positive or negative, will stir an emotional reaction. And that reaction is gonna be healthy or unhealthy based off of how you thought about it, and now you're gonna make a choice. You're going to act. And I wanna say something to you. Uh, I think this is one of of the messages that could change the trajectory of your life and your family's life. And this thought, while it's simple, it is so profound. If you wanna start making good choices, you must learn to control Your thoughts. Your thoughts. We talk a lot about behavior and and, and the act of making the decision. But I'm telling you, in this first Sunday of 2021, if you really want to start making good choices and if you want to recover from the bad choices, you've got to learn to control your thoughts. Everybody lean in for a second. Come on, listen to me. This is a battleground. This is where the war happens. I tell people often that Christianity and and the idea of believing, and even talking about heaven and hell, is only one foot away from here, your heart, to your head. One foot. So many people believe here and they desire here, but they lose the battle here. And the choices that we make all start with a thought. Everything, precedes a thought and what we think. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 23, seven. For as a man, what? Yeah, for as a man thinks within himself, so he is. I'm telling you, there is the power of the thought. Romans 12, two, this is an incredibly familiar verse of scripture in the Bible. Many of you know this, watch this. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind. Listen to me. Let me say this to you. So many of the struggles and the bondage and the strongholds and the generational curses can be broken when you start to renew your mind. The apostle Paul talked about in Ephesians chapter 6, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. And that chapter goes on to give us the armor of God. And one of the armors of God that you're supposed to wear as you go into battle is the helmet of salvation. Now I'm going somewhere with this. I believe that many Christians, you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord in your heart, but you've not invited him into your mind. And the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So there is this freedom in your heart, but there is stronghold in your head. And so every time I pray for someone to accept Jesus Christ, I ask them now, ask Christ to come into your heart and to come into your mind because whom the son set free is free indeed. And there has to be the process of renewing the way that you think. So some of you, you're going to exit one. This is good today, right? Come on. Some of you, you're going to exit one year and you're going to say, now next year is going to be different. It will not be different if you don't renew your mind. It will not be different if you don't take every thought captive. That's what the Bible says here. Look, 2 Corinthians 10. And we take captive every single thought. And what do we make that thought? Obedient to Christ. So when you refuse to take your thoughts captive, they become obedient to your flesh. Are y'all gonna help me today? I know this is teaching, but I hope it's good. So when you don't take your thoughts captive, they become obedient to your flesh, and your flesh always wants to do what's wrong. But we don't walk by the flesh. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we walk by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give you power to take every single thought, even the dirty thoughts, to take them captive and make them bow to the feet of Jesus. You will bow down, and you will not continue to infiltrate my brain with that garbage. Now, you know, if you've been a part of Go Church for a while, you know that I'm a very transparent speaker, and I try to balance that. But just because, you know, a pastor is a pastor doesn't mean that individual him or her is exempt from the attacks of the enemy. And I'm telling you every single day, I have to make sure that I'm taking my thoughts captive and I'm not allowing my thinking, my brain to move to a feeling, this emotional reaction that will cause me to act in a way that will move me further away from God. Every decision I make, listen to me, every decision I make, I want and desire for that choice To draw me closer to jesus Now i'm not batting a thousand i'm not perfect but i thank god for the blood that was shed on the cross at calvary can i get a witness the bible says that his mercies are new every morning okay but the desire is to take these thoughts captive now i'm a very practical guy too so when i read this verse and i think okay so take these thoughts captive how do you do it how can you take them captive so write this down here's just an idea of how you can take every thought captive and you make that thought obedient to Christ so that it does not become obedient to your flesh because your thoughts cause feelings and your feelings provoke action. Here it is. The first one is this. Pray. Someone would ask, well, how often should I pray? Well, you make 35,000 choices a day, so that's probably why the Bible says pray without ceasing. And I haven't thought about this because, I mean, let's be real. Pray about everything, it's a pretty good filter. I mean, because if you, if you desire to get in shape and yet you go in the food pantry and little Debbie, come on somebody, looking right back at you and you pray, God, should I eat that? You're going to get a little bit of conviction and the power and the ability to just say no. You can pray about everything. Uh, should I take the job? Should I date the individual? See, a lot of times, and JC is guilty of this as well, I'm making decisions without consulting the very one that desires for me to be in the perfect will of God. And so it's no wonder that my life can sometimes be erratic and chaotic is because if I make choices based off of my thinking, I think I know what's best for me, but I don't. And every time I make decisions that I want, I always find myself in a mess. Can I get 100 people that knows what I'm talking about? So the first thing you do when the thought comes in your mind is you got to pray, all right? Then you ask God for, and I'm going to leave a blank, because depending on the thought, there might be a few things that you could ask God for. Maybe you're asking God for direction. Maybe you're asking God for help. Maybe you're asking God for deliverance. If the thought is a dirty thought, maybe you're asking God for forgiveness. Do you get that? So while I'm praying, I'm asking God, okay, God, here's the situation, here's the thought, and now I'm asking you for, and then you decide and determine what you need to ask God for. And I want you to know that he's quick to listen. We serve an awesome God that when you pray, he hears your voice, your voice, and he'll give you through the Holy Spirit the exact thing that you need to hear in that moment to make the best decision. So everybody say pray. Ask God for. Ask God for, and then watch this. Understand that you're in a battle. Now, again, I just told you this. Our fight, our warfare is not against one another. In 2020, we dealt with a whole lot more than just COVID 19. We dealt with a lot of fighting. And if we're not careful, we will no longer be the United States, we'll become the divided states. Our fight is not against one another, our fight is not with political parties. Your fight is not with your crazy cousin or your wacky aunt. Come on now. You know, they can use some counseling and a little medication. Can I get a witness? But at the end of the day, some of y'all felt that, right? But at the end of the day, the fight is not there. The battle is not there. It is the enemy. The enemy, listen to me. The same enemy that moved in the Garden of Eden to begin to manipulate the thought process of Eve is the same enemy that wants you to really process the opportunity at hand to think a certain way, to feel a certain way, and to act a certain way. The enemy does not want you to make good choices. It is the objective of the enemy to get you to make bad choices. Because when you begin to make bad choices, we get caught in this cyclical process of making bad choices. And it's bad choice after bad choice. And again, that can become generational, passed down, where it's just a whole family lineage of people making wrong choices, bad choices. The battle is with the enemy, and you have to understand that. So when the thought comes, you have to to take that thought captive. You have to pray and ask God for help, deliverance, forgiveness, etc., and understand that you're in a battle. And you have to be able to determine that what your flesh says is temptation of the enemy. But what the Spirit says it is, is a desire of the heart of God. Does that make sense? All right. Pray, ask God for, understand that you're in a battle, and then here it is, say it out loud. Now, another S that you could put here is say it to someone else. Okay, so let me explain this real quick, and, and, and I'm telling you, I do this whenever I have a thought I will either say it out loud, because when I say it out loud, I hear how dumb it is. aren't going to help. I'm the only one that's ever said something out loud. I'm like, okay, that's a dumb thing to do. Okay? Or I will say it to someone else so they can tell me that's a dumb thing to do. So you say it out loud, or you say it to someone else, and now what happens is all of a sudden, you have accountability. Especially if you tell someone else, hey, this is the choice, this is the situation, this is what I'm thinking, I want to take this thought captive, so I'm going to say it to you, can you help me with this? And then you say it out loud, or you say it to somebody else, and now accountability is formed, all right? Pray, ask God for, understand that you're in a battle, say it out loud, and then you experience freedom. So how do you take every thought captive? Here it is. You pause, you pause, you pause. We're in such a hurry. And I think society and just life has made us feel like we got to make decisions, make decisions, make choices. Because there's so many choices that we have to make. And with all the new technology that comes out claiming to make our life easier, it just becomes more loud and more difficult and all of that. I think in this new year, if you want to take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, and et- listen to me, this, this may sound extreme, but we're looking for extreme results, aren't we? Uh, we're looking for, for something that will change the game, change the course of our life. So in every opportunity, pause, just pause, unless you're at a red light and it turns green. Come on, somebody, can I get a witness? All right, write this one thought down here your life will drastically change the moment that you learn how to control your thoughts the moment that you begin to understand this the power of choices the power of consequences that when you have the opportunity to make the choice it starts with a thought thoughts cause feelings feelings provoke actions and you learn you learn how to control those thoughts. I'm telling you, listen to me, lean in. We're almost done. Your life will change forever. You got 35,000 choices that you make every single day. What are you going to eat when you wake up? What are you going to wear? What are you going to do after work? Uh, what, where are you going to go to school? What job are you going to take? Who are you going to marry? Are you going to make a deposit or make a withdrawal? da 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 I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of choices. But what's the most important one? Listen to me. Lean in for a second. I really am almost done. The most important one is this question here. Will you choose to follow God? Will you choose to follow God? See, so many of us, we find ourselves in the predicament that we're in because we've made a choice to be our own God, to do things our own way, to be in control of our own lives. And I'm challenging you, as you go into this brand new year, the most important choice, the most important decision is the answer to this question. Will you choose to follow God wholeheartedly, all in, right? Here's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy, watch this. I have set before you, says the Lord, life and death, blessings and curses. It's free will. God says that. I put it all there. It's amazing, and I'm talking to me more than I'm talking to you, how many times I choose death over life and curses over blessings. And we look at the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, and we think, come on, can't you get it together? And yet here we are with similar opportunities, and we choose death over life, curses over blessings. And what does the Lord say? Now what? Come on, do it again. Now what? Yeah, now choose life. Choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Not just love the Lord, but listen to His voice and hold fast to Him. I'm telling you, you do this. This is how you walk in the blessings of God. This is how your life is forever changed. This is how you, this is how you break that generational curse. This is how you move out of, of the hole. This is how you get out of the pit This is how you get out of the prison, if you will. This is how you break the strongholds here. You you choose life. But I can't make that choice for you. Nobody can make that choice but you. Joshua, the Lord says it like this recorded in Joshua. Choose, what? Choose for yourselves this day, today, not tomorrow, not next week. Some of y'all have been putting this off far too long. Only by the grace of God did we make it through 2020. And the Lord says on the first Sunday of this year, Choose today who you're going to serve. The New Testament teaches us that you cannot serve two masters. It's not possible to have two masters, all right? So he says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And I want you to see this because this, I feel emotional, but this is the choice that we've made. For me and my house, I'm going to choose to serve the Lord. That's the choice. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we've got it all together, but it does mean this, I am where I am and I am who I am because of this choice. Do you know what the enemy wanted for my life? He wanted to steal, kill, and destroy. Come on, you've got your own testimony and so do I, but I've stood at the altar of many churches staring at a casket with friends that did not make this choice. and Whatever it was that the enemy threw at them, it took their life. The only day that we're promised is today to make the choice. And I, I made this choice. And listen to me. It changed my life forever. My life's not perfect. There's some things that I got to work on and we got to work on. I, I choose this year to be a better husband and a better father. I want to be a better pastor. Those are all choices that I'm making. Those are my New Year's resolutions. But I look at my life, compare it to where it was, to where it is, and this is the greatest choice I've ever made. So here's the question again, it's a closing question. Will you choose to follow God? Because if you start here, you can go anywhere. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, it's a privilege to be able to speak to a group of people in this room, in Germantown and online that are willing to listen. God, none of us are perfect. You're the only one that's perfect, but you do have a perfect plan for our lives. As a matter of fact, you told us in Jeremiah 29 11 that you know the thoughts that you think towards us. You know the plans. It's a plan to prosper us and not to harm us, but to give us hope and to give us future. It's the plan of the enemy to still kill and destroy. And God, as we end one year and we go into a new year, we're gonna have a lot of choices that we have to make. Some will feel weighty and some may seem comical, but at the end of the day, can we pause? Can we pause and make sure, number one, that we've made the most important choice and that's to follow you. And if we can get that choice right, I believe that everything else will fall in line. If you're sitting in this room today, or you're listening online, or maybe you're at our Germantown campus and life has been a series of bad choices or a series of consequences, and you feel like it's all a setback, maybe it's really just been a setup for this moment, giving you a chance to choose today who you're gonna serve. Are you gonna go all in with God? Allow Him to be the center of your heart, the center of your life the center of your relationships, the center of your marriage, the center of your parenthood, the center of your school, the center of your business, the center of whatever it is. We all know what it's like to do things our own way, but if we choose to follow God, you start there. Listen to me. You can go anywhere. So every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody's looking but me and our campus pastors. They're going to come in just a moment and They'll dismiss you with social distancing and all of that, so just stay with us for another minute or two. But if you're here today and you're listening to the heart of your pastor with an invitation for you to make the greatest choice that anybody could ever make, and you're ready to say yes to choosing to follow God, I'm gonna count to three. I'm not gonna make you stand up. I'm not gonna make you run to the front. I'm just simply gonna ask that you lift your hands, both campuses, online as well. You can put a hand emoji, and our online team will respond to you accordingly. This way, I can know who to pray for in the next moment about your decision to choose God. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, hands up, hands up. Wow. Man, to God be the glory. Would you keep them up for just a second? Because I don't want to miss you. All the way, my left, your right, far back, precious couple. I see both of your hands. Thank you. The section right here, young man in the gray sweater. I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. Right here in the middle section this family god bless you guys as you invite god into your home and into your heart to my right your left multiple hands being raised here thank you in the back thank you right here young man i don't know how old you are maybe 9 10 11 years old god bless you i'm so proud of you yes far back as far back as you can go in this auditorium god bless you thank you for your hand germantown i know you're raising hands too and online you've just made the greatest decision the greatest choice to follow God. And again, you start here, you can go anywhere. So Father, for every hand that was raised, I pray that they would invite you into their heart and into their mind because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And through that freedom, we can take every thought captive and pause and really evaluate and consider what our next move and what our next step will be. But I never wanna move. I never wanna take a step without you, God. So, Lord, I pray that you would forgive all of us of our sins. Make us a new person. And, God, as we make this choice, as we make this decision, and maybe maybe somebody needs to recommit their life to you. They've done that before, but the choice is now is to return back to a relationship with you, God. Once we do that and we make that choice, God, may we be wise as we move into this new year, and may you open up opportunities that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can know what God has in store for those who choose him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and let the church say amen.